Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, welcome to our podcast audience as well. Another edition of Stand Up for the Truth, an important topic today, all focused on the gospel and evangelism and reaching people who have been deceived. Let's open up as we always do in prayer. Father in heaven, um, give us discernment as we uh, talk about this important issue today, and I pray that you would prepare hearts to receive what will be shared today, and I also pray for wisdom for us that we may proclaim your word clearly. And also, Lord, uh, we pray for those who have been deceived. Uh, Bring them back, Lord, to the truth, those who once knew you and have fallen away. And, Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to uh, reach people, to be sensitive to uh, these issues of deception and, and how to clearly proclaim the gospel without compromise in this culture of hostility toward the true faith, Christianity, and um, just give us wisdom and, and guide us as you always do by your Holy Spirit. We love you. We thank you for this opportunity and the freedoms that we have in America. We try not to take them for granted, Lord, but thank you for the religious freedoms we have and the ability to discuss things that matter in terms of eternity and that we can get right to the heart of some of these issues. And I hope, Lord, and I pray that people would somehow come across this broadcast and the podcast and be able to really be open to the truth. Uh, We love you, Lord. We pray that your will be done in the name of Jesus be exalted. Amen. Well, thank you again for uh, tuning in. Um, What we're talking about today, the gospel, the Pope, maybe the coming one world religion, so many topics. But the gospel, as we know, is the power of God unto salvation. But it must be preached and hopefully without compromise to those who are perishing or they can't be saved. Uh, We know the truth of Christianity is not popular today, and the world would rather turn to Satan and eventually the Antichrist for solutions to all the crises that are coming upon the earth. But uh, no one knows the exact date uh, this will happen, nor the day that Jesus will return. But Jesus gave many signs and warned us about the last day so we might discern and we we know the day is coming it's getting closer and closer and so is his return but unfortunately satan and his minions have been working overtime deceiving many even in the church professing christians who have fallen for a secular humanist worldview that has already spread around the world believers are told to know the truth and hold fast until the end so we will not fall for these strong delusions. Today's guest, Mike Gendron of Proclaiming the Gospel Ministries. He's a gifted evangelist, author of Contending for the Gospel, and another book, Preparing for Eternity. For over 34 years, Mike's background was a devout Roman Catholic, and that all changed in the early 1980s. And uh, he realized the Bible is the supreme authority for knowing truth, and he speaks at conferences, churches, and preaches the truth in love, but without compromise. We're blessed to have Mike back. Mike Jenner, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Well, it's good to be back with you, David, and I just love the name of your program because more than ever, as you said in your opening comments, the truth is under attack, and the Lord said one of the signs before his return would be a growing apostasy. and. Mm. We're not only seeing that, but we're also seeing a decline in discernment. So many people are so gullible today that they're believing anything rather than the truth of the gospel. And that's one of the heartbreaking things, I think, for many of us who have been believers for, for quite some time. We're not only seeing uh, a decline in the church, we're seeing people that have been believers falling away and uh, the, the departure, uh, apostasy. We're seeing it and... Uh, we're just we're trying to save souls, Mike, trying to save people that that do know the truth to just hang on and, and get deeper into that foundation. Um, I want to talk about some of your exhortations that you shared in a recent newsletter just as we start this podcast today, um, just to encourage people before we 
tackle a few tough issues about doctrine and about uh, speaking the truth. Um, a couple of your exhortations about serving God faithfully. I think these are good reminders as we are still quite fresh into a new year, 2020. Um, do all things for the glory of God. Abide in God's word. Pray without ceasing. Be faithful to the Great Commission and contend earnestly for the faith. Mike, I take them one at a time or whatever one uh, God puts on your heart to expound on would be great. Well, as I mentioned in my article, when we begin a new year, it's always a good time for Christians to reflect on why we are here, mm-hmm. who God has called us to be, and how we can express our love for Him, because He sure expressed His love for us, and while we were yet sinners, He sent His only Son, the Lord Jesus, to die for us. And so, We've been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus, and he owns us. And so it's good to start the year reflecting on what we can do for the Lord to serve him. And the first point I made is that we need to do all things for the glory of God. And that's actually what Paul exhorted us to do in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Glorifying God should be our supreme purpose for existing in this life. In fact, I look back on when the Lord converted me and drew me to himself He gave me a new purpose for living. No longer was I reaching out for the things of this world, but I recognized very quickly that the only two things in this life that are eternal are the Word of God and the souls of men. So I wanted to devote the rest of my life to the things that would last through all eternity. And in doing so, I always want to bring glory to the Lord because ultimately that's our reason for existing until the Lord takes us to a heaven uh, Mike, uh, we love the fact that Jude uh, was the half-brother of Jesus. And uh, to our knowledge, is it is it accurate to say that both James and Jude were probably skeptics uh, in the weeks and months leading up to Jesus' death, burial, and his crucifixion, his resurrection, though? that That is the catalyst that kind of flipped both James and Jude, who wrote to contend for the faith? Yeah, you're right. Uh, That's what the scriptures teach, and so that is the exhortation Jude gave us. He wanted to write about our common salvation in his epistle, but um, he was moved by the Holy Spirit to exhort Christians to contend earnestly for the faith. And, of course, it's important to note that it's not contend passively or contend whenever you feel like it. It's contend earnestly because there's great deception And the battle for the truth has been going on now since uh, the Lord went to heaven. And so we see the gospel under attack in Galatians 1 and Paul driving a stake in the ground Hmm. so that the gospel could remain pure and exclusive. But there's a, a great exhortation for all Christians. And I think today, more than ever, I think Christians need to report back to the commander-in-chief, and that's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we need to fight the good fight of faith. We need to be soldiers for Christ because the devil is alive and well, and he's got many of his minions that are distorting the gospel and deceiving people. And ultimately, that's Satan's greatest work today. It's producing false converts Mm. in the church. And that's what the Lord warned us about, that he would come and, produce tares in the church, and they would grow up and become leaders and begin deceiving people more and more. So we definitely have a truth war going on, and unless Christians recognize this and start earnestly contending for the faith, then what hope does the next generation have? Mm, That's so true, and I like uh, the idea—I don't like the idea of false converts, but we we have been warned, and uh, throughout the epistles, and, and Jesus warned, and um, it's happening. Part of the reason is, as you said at the beginning of this program, that there has been a decline in discernment. Uh, Mike, part of that decline is a, a result of the lack of discipleship. And truly, as Ephesians 4 talks about pastors, one of the roles is equipping the saints for ministry. I'm sure you would agree that there's a problem there. Well, definitely. In fact, more than ever, I think our churches have become social clubs, and mm-hmm. rarely are uh, pastors faithfully preaching the Word of God and expositing it and exegeting the Scriptures verse by verse and book by book. Many pastors now do topical studies, and 
many of them are tickling the ears of the converts that come in. And I say converts by false converts because their gospel is so compromised that they're basically saying if you name the name of Christ, you're in, mm. without uh, explaining what the exclusivity of the gospel is. But when we look at um, you know the issue that's going on in the church today, I think and when the Word of God is not being faithfully preached from the pulpit, then the people in the pew are not hearing truth. And when they do not hear truth, then they do not know what is false. And so that's why there's such a decline in discernment. People are not getting a steady diet of the truth. And so when an error or a false teacher comes in their midst, they do not know that they're being deceived because they have not received a steady diet of the truth of God's Word. And I think Satan's most cruel deception is convincing sinners they are saved when they are not. And that's his goal, is to plant tares among the wheat. And um, we're seeing that happening more and more in these seeker-friendly churches. And that's why there's a lack of discernment. That's why there's so many false converts. Jesus described the tares that are being planted by the devil as sons of the wicked one, and the one who sowed them is the devil. And so unless we are contending earnestly for the faith and growing in discernment, then we have no chance to understand what is false in the air that leads people to hell. And uh, true believers, I, I like what you mentioned just before we got on the air. Uh, we talked a little bit about your recent travels, and I know you're heading out again uh, very soon to speak, but uh, you said true believers are moving targets because of the flaming arrows of the enemy. Uh, he does like to attack those who are strong in the Lord and strong on the truth, doesn't he? Well, he really does, and his greatest weapon is the lie, and we've seen the gospel under attack. We first saw Paul drive a stake in the ground in Galatians chapter 1 because the Judaizers came to town believing in the Lord Jesus, believing in his death and resurrection. But he said, if you're a Gentile, you not only need to believe, but you need to be circumcised. And so they added one requirement to the gospel, and it became corrupt. And so Paul drove a stake in the ground. He didn't call for unity with these brothers because they professed Christ and believed in his death and resurrection. He condemned them with anathema because they distorted the very gospel of God. And so when we look at the gospel today, it has been reduced to eliminate many of the essential requirements for salvation. And maybe it's probably a good Thing, just to quickly go over the unique characteristics of the gospel. And first of all, we see that it's God's only message with directions to paradise. We see in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul describing the gospel. He says it is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to Scripture. But so often we see churches like the Roman Catholic Church going outside of Scripture to distort and add requirements and take away requirements from the gospel. If someone wants to know how to be saved, everything is contained in Scripture. The gospel is also eternal. It was first pronounced in the garden right after man fell into sin. The gospel was delivered to Abraham. That same gospel will go throughout the world, and then the end will come. Everybody in heaven will be there because they believe the one and only eternal gospel of God. And the gospel is also exclusive. And David, this is where the offense of the gospel comes in. Yes. We're living in a pluralistic society, mm -hmm. and unbelievers would say, how dare you say there's only one way to paradise? But we see from John fourteen six that Jesus said, I am exclusive. He said, I am the only way to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he is the way for those who are lost. He is the truth for those who are deceived. And he's the very life for those who are dead in their sins. It is an exclusive gospel. But see, David, the problem today is these celebrity pastors, they want to gain a larger following, so they take away the essentials of the gospel. They take away the offense of the gospel because they want more people to come into their churches and follow them. Mm -hmm. And so rather than preaching an exclusive gospel, many pastors, pastors today are making it inclusive. We also know the gospel is purely of grace. And so if you add anything to it, Paul says you stand condemned. 
It is salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So we need to remember what the gospel is. Remember it's exclusive. We need to maintain the purity of it to make sure that when we evangelize the lost, that we're calling them to repentance and faith. Repentance is a change of mind. If they've been believing a false way of salvation, they have to change their mind and believe the one and only way that God has revealed to us through the gospel of Christ. Thank you so much for clarifying those very important points, Mike. Uh, we're speaking with Mike Gendron of Proclaiming the Gospel, and I think of Revelation 22, 18, and 19. There are warnings for those who would add to the words of the prophecy of this book, God's Word, and, and God, it says God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book if you add to it, but if you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city uh, which are written in this book. So there are warnings throughout. But, Mike, I want to go back to celebrity pastors for a minute. I think America is... So we have our idols, right? And I think entertainment is one of the biggest problems we have as far as Christians being like the world, following worldly people, following Hollywood and, and our, our idols. But celebrity pastors, the famous, the big pastors, the, the problem with following these men is, as you mentioned before, they often tell us what we want to hear instead of the truth. And, you know, Second Timothy 4, 3, it says the time will come when People will not endure sound doctrine, but they want to have their ears tickled, and they'll gather teachers for themselves to hear what they want. And you mentioned this. I love this. Um, you just f- clearly state that Joel Osteen may be the most persuasive ear tickler of our generation. Um, and if he's not alone, but there are so many of the big names that they either have compromised or they deny the exclusivity of the gospel and, of course, that's why they're so popular, right? Well, it's so true. In fact, um, you know, the primary purpose of the church is to equip believers to go out into the world to proclaim the gospel. But nowadays, the church has invited the world in. And so we've got all these unbelievers coming in to have their ears tickled. And so we've got all these false converts now. And... Eighty-six percent of Americans profess to be Christians, but a very low percentage of those would actually be born again because they're not being fed the Word of God or they're not hearing the true and exclusive gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. But these celebrity pastors, um, boy, it's just uh, heartbreaking when you tune in and hear some of the messages that are being preached. And occasionally I'll do this just to keep a pulse on what's going on but uh, there's a, a pastor here in the Dallas area that I graduated with from Dallas Theological Seminary in 1992, and we have gone opposite directions. He was recently preaching to his five campuses in the Dallas area that the church should go out and support the gay pride movement. And so there was a gay pride parade coming through the area, and not to go out and witness to them, but to go out and show support to them. And so it's just heartbreaking to see that the church has really lost its purpose. And there's very few churches today that are standing for the truth. David, I actually work out at uh, a fitness center here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and one of the uh, members of the club is Todd White, who we would definitely call a celebrity pastor. And... You know, he will proudly wear uh, T-shirts while he's working out that I belong to Jesus. And I don't know if uh, many of your listeners have heard of him. He's pretty well known in this area. But uh, he's in the circles of Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland and a prosperity teacher, a faith healer. He's got a huge following, multi-million dollar home here in the area. And I've actually gone up to him on occasion just to lovingly confront him And one time I asked him, I said, "Uh, Todd, I listened to one of your messages, and I was just curious, why don't you use the Word of God when you preach? He yelled at me, are you judging me? Oh, my goodness. I said, no, I just asked a simple question. You're judging me. So he turned around and walked away, and I said, Todd, you can outrun me, but you can't outrun God. And so uh, I guess it was about 
oh, six weeks later, um, the American Gospel came out, and it exposes Todd White as being a false teacher. And so I went up to him. I don't know if he remembered me or recognized me, but I asked him if he had seen American Gospel, and he said no. And I said, well, you really need to see it. You're all the way through it. He said, I don't have time. And I said, well, when you have time, why don't you watch it, and then we can talk about it, because I'm in the American Gospel also. So he just turned around and walked away. But uh, I went, I, I called the producer of the American Gospel documentary, and I told him of my encounter with Todd White. And the producer said he's very well aware of American Gospel because we actually called him and asked him if we could interview him, and he refused. Hmm. So again, you know, the mark of a false teacher is that they use lies instead of truth, and that's why many people are being deceived today by these celebrity pastors. And I think what's important to realize is when you asked him, why don't you use Scripture when you speak, and he says, you're judging me. That's an interesting reaction that I think speaks volumes. We have to take a break, but when we come back with uh, Mike Gendron um, from Proclaiming the Gospel, we're going to talk a little bit about sharing the gospel and what some people consider, uh, well, I don't know. They do things at these crusades or events that may not be biblical when it comes to someone coming to know the truth. That's next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right, we are also going to be speaking about uh, the Pope, the coming one world religion, Francis Chan, another celebrity pastor. Uh, that's minutes away, but we are on the line with Mike Gendron from Texas, uh, proclaiming the gospel ministries. Uh, Mike, the difference between evangelizing God's way and evangelizing man's way can be kind of vast sometimes. I want to get your take on a quote from A.W. Pink. Um, he said this, No sinner was ever saved by, quote, giving his heart to God. We are not saved by our giving. We are saved by God's giving. Are we splitting hairs when we're talking about this uh, idea of giving our hearts to God, or is that not a biblical approach? It's not a biblical approach. The only, and I say the only, saving response to the gospel is to repent and believe it. That is the only way people can be saved. And so when we have these false teachers that are using a different method to grow their church, they'll say, if you will come forward and raise your hand, or if you'll close your eyes and repeat this prayer, then you will be saved. And it's really interesting that, you know, when you ask a person to receive Jesus Christ by grace alone through faith alone, and then you say, close your eyes, what is that suggesting to them? That it's uh, embarrassing to become a Christian? Hmm. Bow your head and close your eyes. No, we should be excited that the Lord has reached down to save us. Instead of um, closing your eyes, we should be rejoicing with praise. And so all these different methods are man's way of evangelism. You know, man's way is to make decisions. God's way is to make disciples. And there's a huge difference there. You know, when we evangelize, we are to teach people to observe everything that Christ has commanded. We are to sow the seed of God's Word. We are to present the truth of God's Word until the Spirit of God brings conviction and conversion. But today we're living in this microwave society where we think we can give a three-minute gospel presentation and then go for the close and ask people to repeat a prayer so they won't go to hell. Well, how many people would want to go to hell? I mean, if, if the option is repeat a prayer or go to hell, what do you think the respondent's going to do? Hmm. They're going to repeat a prayer. Yes. So how do you know if they're not honoring God with their lips, but their hearts are far from Him? Hmm. And so this is, uh, again, one of the devil's devices to plant tares in the church. These people repeat a prayer. They think they're good. And so they go through life believing they're a Christian when they've never been born again. And, David, I'm not suggesting that anyone who's ever repeated a prayer is not saved, but as long as it's coupled with repentance and faith, that is what's necessary for conversion. And so if you repented and 
believed the gospel and then repeated a prayer, no problem. But the repentance and faith must be a part of it. And so you're right. Um, you know, there's also another expression that you won't find in the Bible. People today say, I accepted Christ. Well, where is that in the Bible? Mm. It's nowhere. Yes. And so we can't use unbiblical terms when we are trying to reach people, reach the lost that are perishing. Um, God is the one who accepts us only when we have the righteousness of Christ, and that's imputed to us at the very moment of conversion. That's why I love Second Corinthians 5.21. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I consider that the great exchange. By faith, Christ takes all of my sin, all of my guilt, and all of my punishment. And what does he give me in return? His perfect righteousness. Mm. It doesn't get any better than that. And yet, when we talk about the gospel today, there's three essentials that are often left out. And that's one of them. David, you're probably aware that when you ask people how they hope to get to heaven, the most common response is, I hope I'm good enough. Mm, yes. And the reason they think that is because the righteousness of God has been left out of the gospel presentation. God's righteousness requires perfect righteousness for entrance into heaven. And unless we have the righteousness of Christ, we have no hope of going to heaven. And so we need to establish God's righteousness. But another essential that's left out, we've talked about it already briefly, is repentance. There are many people today that believe you can be saved apart from repentance. And yet the first command of our Lord was repent and believe the gospel. And then another essential that's often left out is the resurrection of Christ. There are many who believe that all you have to do is acknowledge you're a sinner and believe Jesus died for you and you're saved. Well, no, Paul said unless you believe in the resurrection, unless the resurrection took place, then your faith is worthless and you're still dead in your sins. So once again, we need to make sure we're giving a complete gospel presentation to the lost. I think that's a very clear explanation. Mike, thank you. Uh, I think we need to focus on the word repent and not give our hearts, and also the word believe on the Lord Jesus Christ instead of accept, accept him uh, into our hearts or into our lives. And so let's let's get the the language uh, better so it's biblical when we are sharing the gospel, when you have those opportunities. Um, another celebrity pastor that we needed to talk about today in light of his recent, uh, uh, I don't know if it was a sermon, but he was talking about the Eucharist. And he, uh, Francis Chan was struggling with the idea that in the early days of the church, he said, for so many years, the understanding at the time, at least according to Francis Chan, was that most people believed that the Eucharist is literally the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. And that's, of course, what the Catholic Church teaches today. Mike, I'd love your thoughts on this because it's important. Yeah, this is, um, of course, an issue that uh, I've been following for quite some time because when you look at Francis Chan, I witnessed the initial stages of his compromise of the gospel back in 2003 when I was invited to teach at his church in Simi Valley, California. And my message contrasted the differences between Roman Catholicism and the Bible. And Francis Chan took me out to dinner before the Friday or the Wednesday night message, and he told me that he had been receiving phone calls from the Simi Valley News that is made up of a lot of Roman Catholics and that they asked to cancel me, but um, he went ahead and allowed me to speak. But he said, I want you to be very compassionate and very loving because there'll be many Catholics in the audience. And so I was. I was overly sensitive and compassionate, but I still spoke the truth and love without compromise. And so after my 75-minute presentation, Chan jumps up from the front row and he stopped any questions and answers from taking place and he shut down the meeting. Oh, no. And then he apologized to the audience for having to sit through the presentation I made. He said, this is not what our church is about. And so when all this took place, I recognized very quickly that this man does not see the distinction between Roman Catholicism and the gospel, because what he did is he discredited anything I had said for 75 minutes. Mm. And David, I was very objective. I quoted what the Bible says, and I quoted what the Roman Catholic Catechism said. 
and it was very compassionate toward Catholics in the audience. And so when I have been following Francis over the last, oh, 15 years or so, I've seen a constant drift into apostasy. Not only is he embracing Roman Catholicism, but he's also running in the circles of many false teachers, such as Todd White and and Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland. And the tragic shift into apostasy by Francis Chan, it is tragic because, you know, he got seminary training at probably the most conservative seminary in the world. So he does know the truth. He's just chosen to slip into apostasy. But he's embraced the Roman Catholic dogma of transubstantiation. Yes. And the heresy is described in a way that I think your listeners need to be aware of. This is a quote by Roman Catholic priest John O'Brien that has the official imprimatur of the Catholic Church. So this is official Catholic teaching. This is his quote. When the priest announces the words of consecration, he reaches up into the heavens, brings Christ down from his throne, and places him upon our altar to be offered up again as the victim for the sins of man. It is a power greater than that of saints and angels. The priest speaks, and lo, Christ, the eternal and omnipotent God, bows his head in humble obedience to the priest's command. Oh, my goodness. This is what the Roman Catholic Church teaches Mm. in the quote-unquote miracle of transubstantiation. And so for Francis Chan to embrace this heresy, Mm. it really shows that he no longer is pursuing the truth, but he's now pursuing probably even thinking of joining the Roman Catholic Church, the ecumenical movement. But you mentioned part of uh, what Francis Chan said, and it was a message, and I'm going to be reporting on this in my newsletter that goes out next month, that your listeners can receive it on the Internet uh, just by going to our website, proclaimingthegospel.org. But this is what he said in his very disturbing message. He said, I don't know... I didn't know that for the first 1,500 years of church history, everyone saw transubstantiation as the literal body and blood of Christ. And it wasn't until 500 years ago that someone popularized the thought that it's just a symbol and nothing more. I didn't know that. It was at that same time that for the first time, someone put a pulpit in the front of the gathering because before that, there was always the body and blood of Christ that was central to their gatherings. And so what Francis Chan is doing is he's basing his decision to embrace transubstantiation on church history. But little does he know that throughout the last 2,000 years, there have been two streams of Christianity running side by side. You have the apostolic church upon which the gates of hell shall never prevail against it, that was the promise of Jesus. And then you have the apostate church that's been running right alongside the apostolic church. So when you see Francis Chan referring to church history, that for 1,500 years the Roman Catholic Church upheld this doctrine, he's ignoring the fact that there was the apostolic church yes. also running alongside the apostate church, and they did not believe in transubstantiation. They believed in the preaching of the Word of God. And so for Francis Chan to suggest that there was a major um, fault 15 or 500 years later when people started looking to the pulpit and the Word of God rather than looking to the Eucharist, um, that just shows you how far off the tracks he has come. And he's definitely, if not in full-blown apostasy, he's getting there quickly. Thank you, Mike. Um, I do We do want to talk about what Catholics actually believe, and we have some research from Pew that uh, only a third of U.S. Catholics agree with their church's doctrine that the Eucharist is actually the body and blood of Christ. More from the Pew Research Center in a couple minutes, but I want to go back to something you shared, and that's really our understanding of church history. If we go to Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus said, Who do people say that I am? Of course, Peter After the others responded, some say John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of living God. Jesus blessed him 
And this is where some of the misunderstandings, I think, from the origins of the Catholic Church come in, which takes some of that authority, supposedly, uh, from the apostles. Now, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of heaven will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And that, of course, talking about authority, Mike, would you talk a little bit about the early days, the origins of the Catholic Church and where they derive this idea of they are the ones with the authority? Yeah, David, you've quoted the most important verse in Roman Catholicism, Matthew sixteen eighteen. The whole religious system stands or falls on that one verse and how it's interpreted. Roman Catholics believe that Jesus was making Peter the very foundation upon which he would build his church. Of course, Scripture tells us otherwise, but what we see here is that Peter just made a profession of faith as to who Jesus is. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, this wasn't revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. So he got that truth through divine inspiration. And so Jesus is saying to Peter, upon this confession of faith, I will build my church, because the only way anyone can enter the church of Christ is to make that same profession of faith through divine inspiration, through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And so you see a little bit later on, Jesus says, before I build my church, I must first go and die for my church. Mm-hmm. And we know the response Peter gave, yes. Lord, may it never be. Here he is calling Jesus Lord, and he's rebuking him. Mm-hmm. And so what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the things of men rather than the things of God. Wow. Well, Peter was trying to build a church without a cross, just like many celebrity pastors are doing today. And so here you see Jesus calling Peter the mouth of Satan. I mean, in other words, he was using the words of Satan. Is this the kind of person Jesus would build his church upon, the one he has to rebuke a few moments later? No, Jesus is the foundation and the apostles. Jesus is the rock and the apostles are the foundation for building the church. And and we know when the last apostle died that our faith was signed, sealed, and delivered in the first century. And so nothing can be added to it. And yet for the last 1,600 years, the Catholic Church has been adding more and more ungodly traditions that distort and pervert not only the gospel of God, but also the word of God. And we talked about some of those traditions, and uh, we had you on uh, last year, Mike, and I'll attach the uh, link to that podcast in today's post at StandUpForTheTruth.com. But I love something that you just said that we need to grasp. Peter tried building a church without a cross. And we need to remember that in Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me. So that's where we get the authority, God's word. That's where we get our authority. And so we need to talk about the Eucharist when we come back after our break, because a lot of Catholics don't even believe the church's teachings on it. And also some concerning things that the Pope has said recently. We'll talk more with Mike Gendron of Proclaiming the Gospel Ministries when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, we're speaking with Mike Gendron, Proclaiming the Gospel Ministries. And Mike, um, you mentioned that uh, you're willing to offer a discount to Stand Up For The Truth listeners, and that means not only the people that are listening live right now on the Internet or via the local radio, but the podcast is downloaded in uh, many states across the country, in fact, a couple countries. Um, so is there a window that they have, like within a week of this uh, podcast, that they can uh, get this discount that you were mentioning? Would you like to share that? not going to work if they go to the website, but if they call us and mention that they heard the interview on Stand Up With The Truth, and we will give them a 20% discount on any of our DVDs. And we have 15 different DVDs. David, our desire is to equip the body of Christ to be effective witnesses to those who are perishing And so we want to make these resources available to anyone who calls us. And we'll also send them some of our gospel tracts along with their order because 
these gospel tracts are very effective in communicating the truth after you've talked to, talked to somebody or evangelized someone. So did you say a 20% discount, Mike? I just want to clarify. That's I'm, correct. Okay, 20%, 20% discount if discount. they mention Stand Up With The Truth radio broadcast. All right. So I'm going to put that in today's post. And our phone number, well. by the way, is 817-379-5300. That's the number I'm on, so we'll have to wait until after the show to call in. Right. Okay. So we'll put 817. We'll put that in the uh, podcast post today at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Mike, just one-third of U.S. Catholics agree with their church that the Eucharist is the literal body and blood of Christ, uh, transubstantiation, uh, the, the idea that the, that the priest has power during the Mass to uh, make the bread and wine that become the body and blood of Christ. Um, Pew Research, nearly 7 in 10 Catholics say they personally believe that during Catholic Mass, the bread and wine used in communion are symbols or symbolic of the body and blood of Christ. That's almost 70%, and it says 31% believe that they actually become the body and blood of Christ. And one more, this is, I thought, important, and then I'll let you uh, share your thoughts on these uh, percentages, Mike. It says one in five, almost uh, 22%, one in five Catholics reject the idea of transubstantiation, even though they know about the church's teaching. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's not only uh, a fact. Pew Research has got it right on because my wife uh, also grew up Catholic, and she didn't believe it, but, of course, I did. I was a very devout Catholic, and I really believed I was eating the body and blood of Jesus. So there are many Catholics that don't buy into it, and... um, they're also not buying into a lot of what the Pope says, and so there's really somewhat of a division that's forming in the Roman Catholic Church. People just don't know where to look for the truth anymore, which is why it's a great time to evangelize Catholics, because we have the supreme authority for knowing truth. We have the Word of God, and, and that's what we need to point people to. Uh, Christ is the personification of truth. He said, my word is truth, and everybody on the side of truth listens to me. So anyone that's sincerely searching for the truth, they need to pick up the Word of God and read what Christ has said as far as the gospel. And um, that's the only way to be saved. It's the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So we praise God that many Catholics are not believing what their church teaches and they're looking for the truth elsewhere. All right, now let's move on to what the Pope has said recently, since we are uh, running out of time quickly um, we've got about eight minutes left with Mike Gendron proclaiming the gospel ministries. The Pope recently said, uh, this was, I believe, at the end of last year, do not try to convert unbelievers. So, in other words, Jesus' great commission, just set that aside. He said we should respect people of other faiths and not attempt to convert them to Christianity. He says we are not living in the times of the Crusades. And, uh, Mike, I know you have a heart for the gospel, and we know the power of the gospel, uh, so this is a head-scratcher to a lot of us. Well, it is, but I praise God that he is exposing himself as the false prophet that he really is, <laughs> because he has the spirit of Antichrist. He goes against the teachings of Jesus Christ himself, and yet he declares himself to be the head of the church and Holy Father and the Vicar of Christ. And, you know, Catholics, as you say, are scratching their head. What what are we to believe when our infallible Pope is misleading us with false teachings? Um, not to try to convert unbelievers, that's just amazing, because mm-hmm. the Great Commission of the Lord was to go out and make disciples of all nations. But, uh, you know, this isn't the only bizarre statement he's made recently. He said that atheists will go to heaven as long as they're sincere. Mm. He even came out and said there is no hell. Well, the Lord Jesus spoke more of hell than he did of heaven. And so all of his statements are going against the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think Catholics right now are getting pretty fed up with what this pope is saying. Once again, it's a great time to reach out to Roman Catholics with the truth. Yes, and Mike, you say that the Catholic Church is the world's most neglected mission field. And uh, another thing that the Pope recently said, he declared Christian fundamentalists are a scourge. He says um, he continues his aggressive agenda to unite all the religions of the world into a global religion, and he is uh, against fundamentalism, according to what their interpretation of fundamentalism is. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, it's again amazing that he would make such a statement. But during these same remarks that he made on November 18th, the Pope published his interreligious cooperation agenda. His goal is to form the global religion that will one day worship Antichrist. And we know we know from Scripture that there will be a false prophet that will team up with Antichrist to unite the world. And I believe the office of the Pope is that false prophet if we're living in the days and times, the season of our Lord's return. And so we see the ecumenical movement gathering steam. We see people like Francis Chan moving toward the Roman Catholic Church, calling for unity among all professing Christians. And so Francis Chan is just a puppet of the Pope. You know, he's fulfilling the Pope's agenda to unite the world. And that's his goal, to unite all professing Christians under the power and influence of the papacy. But he doesn't stop there. He's trying to unite the non-Christian religions as well, including the Muslims. In fact, the Catechism of the Catholic Church declares that Muslims are part of God's plan of salvation. Mm -hmm. Muslims who deny the deity of Christ, Muslims who deny that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. You know, the Catholic Mm -hmm. Church embraces Islam, but then it condemns born-again Christians with over 100 anathemas. Wow. This shows you just how false this religion is, and and we need to warn people that don't fall for the ecumenical movement. Roman Catholics need to be evangelized. It is the most neglected mission field because so many evangelical leaders are calling for unity with Catholics, stating that there are brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, you mentioned the Pew Research uh, David, mm-hmm. uh, last year, it reported that 70% of evangelical and Protestant pastors now believe the Pope is their brother in Christ. Mm. Interesting. That statistic is troubling. Yes, very much so. So uh, more than ever, we need to stand for the truth. Thank you for your radio program that does that. Well, we appreciate people like you, Mike, who are out on the front lines, as you say, <laughs> taking the darts, the fiery darts of the evil one as you're traveling around uh, proclaiming the gospel, the true gospel, without apology or compromise, but with compassion. Whatever someone might uh, think compassion means, we are not compassionate if we keep the gospel to ourselves and hide any part of the truth, or uh, I guess we can pick and choose from Scripture what ones to share. No, we should be sharing the full gospel, but that's for another time. But we, I wanted to ask your idea of the uh, climate change movement and environmentalism. How does this play into the one-world religion that the Pope and others are pushing for? Of course, I know there's. we could do a whole program on the U.N., the World Council of Churches, and the Emergent Church, but this all plays together, as you said, the ecumenical movement growing, and we're getting closer to that one world religion. Yeah, David, the Pope knows he can't unite all professing Christians with the gospel or with the word of God, and so what does he do? He gets things that um, everybody can agree on, such as the things that you just mentioned, and so that's his agenda. Let's all agree on certain things to protect the earth and mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's where the unity is going to come. And we see from Scripture that there will not only be a a global religion, but a global government and a global currency. And one man will eventually control the transactions, the economic transactions throughout the world. When John wrote that 2,000 years ago, I can't imagine what he was thinking, because we now have the technology that can do that. One man can control every monetary transaction throughout the world today. Mm, It's crazy, but we are getting closer and closer. And as uh, many have quoted, I don't even know who said it first, but things are not falling apart. They are falling into place in terms of Bible prophecy and just getting closer to the end times. Right, Mike? (laughs) Well, it is exciting. I think we're a blessed generation that we may be the very generation that sees the Lord returning in the clouds. And so... Until that day comes, we need to be about the Lord's business, and that is to go out and reach the lost. The Bible says when that last Gentile is saved, then the Lord will return and turn his attention back to the Jewish people. So let's go out and get that last Gentile and faithfully proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, be obedient to the Great Commission, and rescue those who are perishing. Mike, I see you're going to be at Grace Bible Church February 28th through March 1st in Tulsa, Oklahoma. What else do you have coming up for uh, proclaiming the gospel? 
Well, we've got uh, quite a busy schedule this year. I'll be once again going to the Shepherds Conference in Southern California where 4,000 pastors will pastors and church leaders will meet to be encouraged. That's where I get my spiritual batteries recharged mm, every year. Yes. <laughs> also going up to Canada to do a last day's Bible prophecy conference, going down to uh, Palm Harbor, Florida to do a three-day conference, going up to Washington State to do a two-day conference. So if people want to know where I'll be speaking, just go to our website, proclaimingthegospel.org, and Sign up for our newsletter. I always report where I'll be delivering messages throughout not only the United States, but throughout the world. And we will uh, remind everybody in our podcast post today that they can get a 20% discount on uh, any of your DVDs, Mike, by mentioning today's Stand Up For The Truth podcast. That's right. And the unique thing about our DVDs, they contain two of my PowerPoint messages so you're getting two for the price of one, along with a 20% discount. And of these 15 DVDs, there's 30 messages, so it's a great way to equip the body of Christ with the Word of God. Thank you again, Mike Jenren, proclaiming the gospel. Um, you know, Lord willing, we'll uh, talk again, Mike, but God bless you, and I know you're going to keep speaking the truth about things that matter like we try to do here as well. Thank you again for your time today, Mike. It's always a blessing. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, uh, another exciting guest coming up tomorrow. We're talking about uh, education. Uh, oh, my goodness, the history behind the socialist movement, how that got into the public schools and in higher education. Alex Newman coming up. We'll uh, tell you a little bit more about that when we come back. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Tomorrow's guest, Alex Newman of The New American, also Freedom Project Media, and The Newman Report talking about, uh, he just got back from uh, Spain, and there was a conference there. Um, the UN just threw some cash at North Korea to fight global warming, so that's kind of an interesting He wrote a full-on detailed article on that. We're going to talk about that. Also, how California recently killed a bill to protect parental rights on sex ed in government-run schools. So um, California sets a lot of trends. Hopefully that's not one that other states will follow as as far as um, setting aside parental rights in the public schools for public school kids. Um, so that's Alex Newman tomorrow. Excited to have him back. Also, Monday, Pastor Jeff Sowalt from Calvary Chapel, Madison, Wisconsin. Got a lot of things to talk about with Pastor Jeff. Haven't talked to him in uh, about a year, if I can remember right. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to please share our podcast on social media. And remember today, at any point, um, or this coming week, you can get a 20% discount on Proclaiming the Gospel DVDs by mentioning... This Stand Up For The Truth podcast, when you call, and the number is in the podcast post, uh, Proclaiming Gospel Ministries. So thank you again. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.